Hello everyone, Adam here from Recap Radio, and today I have the well in AWF anyway, the mask collector in AWF. Jack Barron, how are you doing, my friend? Hey mate, you alright? Oh <laughs> <laughs> I, I am a nice person. <laughs> in some places, yeah. In some so, places. yeah, some sometimes. Depends depends what mood I'm in. Depends <laughs> if I've got Mr. B around or not. <laughs> Absolute mental case, that man. I love it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been? What have you been up to? Uh, not much. Just uh, work, trying to recover from the hardcore match, which took <laughs> way longer than I'd like to admit. But <laughs> but yeah, other than that, just uh, yeah, getting on with life, pretty much. Speaking of, um. A large run in AWF has been you feuding with the Los Lancadors. Mm-hmm. Like in that, like the progression of that feud, like what was that like for you feuding with Los Lancadors? Uh, I enjoyed it actually. So I've been doing this a long time. People always forget I've been doing this like eleven years now, and this is really the first time outside of my original home promotion where I've been able to have a proper feud. I'm normally yeah. just brought in, do a couple of matches, be like the guy who can put on an all right match. And then we move on for normally I'm against the person who's starting a feud with someone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this time was pretty cool to get a lot of my ideas out. Cause a lot of it was my idea, like me and Mikey and everyone sort of worked together, but, like the original whole concept of me stealing the masks and things like that was, was my idea. And uh, yeah, it it was, I was cool. I liked showing a different side of me because I was, I've been a lot more aggressive in this sort of story, which has sort of helped me find out who I am as the mask collector, I guess. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's been a nice, nice change. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. It translated to the fans as well because I think when you see Lost Anchors and you see the reactions they get, mm. that would only fuel you as the other side as well. That would only fuel you as well, the, the heel, the bad guy. Yeah. Because um, the reactions they get are organically very, very huge. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's, I think that's why I sort of wanted to, to work with them because. They're still quite new as well, and I thought it would have been great to help them and see a, a different side of them because they've got the they've got the comedy, they've got the fans side of things down, which is great. And then I wanted to see what they were like wrestling wise and how they could get on. Say for the whole feud, which was like six months, I wrestled yeah. twice <laughs> at the very start against. Um, one of them. Uh, <laughs> What's his last name? Yeah. Uh, against him and then against Mr. B at the end. So the rest was just me turning up and hitting them with chairs. <laughs> um, Easy day at the office. Yeah, it was, it was great. <laughs> but it, like I say, I got to see a different side of them. I got to work with them a lot, which was quite fun. And like I say, brought a different side out of Mr. B, which was quite fun. Mm. Yeah, just... 
he's a very fun character. Mm. He's very fun, but I I really enjoyed the aspect of the feud, the reasoning of the feud. Yeah. Like you wanting them to not like, it isn't like Kane seeing a way back when or embrace the hate sort of thing. It's more like yeah, yeah. take yourself seriously. Yeah, I, well, like I said, my, my whole idea of it was the the funny guys and they mess around, but what could happen if they actually took wrestling serious? And it's wrestling's so important, and sometimes the stuff they were doing became a bit of a joke and a bit of a mockery of wrestling, like say messing around with cameras and things like that. So I wanted to make them be more serious and show everyone what they could do as wrestlers. So I think I definitely achieved that with Mr. B going off the hardcore match. He genuinely tried to kill me (laughs) and um, it got him the win. So I think it's interesting to see where they go from here. I've got to leave them alone, but I don't know. Do, are they going to take things more serious? I think it'd be quite interesting to see how, if if I've in any way changed their mindset. Maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. It's I interesting, interesting. Far, though. Yeah, that's it. It's, actually, I don't know what where it leads me now, but I think it'd be quite interesting to see where they go and what they do. I think... I think they've got it in them to be more serious and to actually be proper wrestlers, proper wrestlers. But we'll see. Maybe it's changed nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of the hardcore match, I've got one question and um, I'm 99% damn certain I know the answer to this question. (laughs) We're going to ask it anyway for content's sake. Um, how many of those ideas were yours? Um, majority of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair, though, Mr. Mr. B did have quite a lot. A lot of them I had to rein in. But, um, yeah, a few of them we got told no. <laughs> Not surprised. Yeah. Um a few of them we didn't tell anyone. And uh but yeah, a lot of them were mine. But I've I've been a massive fan of hardcore and deathmatch wrestling. I grew up watching ECW. That was I never watched WWE. I didn't have uh Sky or anything. Okay. So we got we had, we had a chipped box at home. So um after Cartoon Network finished it was cartoon cartoon and then it went to tnn so then our channels we had the american tnn so we got ecw so i grew up i don't know if this is good parenting or not but i grew up at like five or ten five five to ten watching ecw i was watching like say one of my earliest memories is i have still the dvd upstairs of spike dudley and balls mahoney versus the dudley boys where spike dudley goes through the two flaming tables and that massively sticks out with me. So I've always grown up with hardcore and deathmatch wrestling. So that's a massive fan of mine. So when I eventually get a chance to do stuff like that, I do everything about 
that hardcore match had different sort of respects thing. The gear I was wearing was a respect to Alex Cologne. So he wears, well, he used to, when he started, he used to wear the baggy cargo pants. So I wore that. The spots to the chairs was Takeda. So it's like a lot of the stuff mean more than people realize. <laughs> the the tack bat's the same. The, the like exploding bat was again Onita and the new generation of Deathmatch, which is coming in. A lot of that's getting used now. So yeah, it, it it's weirdly more than people realize of that match though. <laughs> it was more things for just me. <laughs> it's absolutely insane how pro wrestling and something as violent as that match could be so beautiful and meaningful to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's I I'd say if you're not gonna make it make sense and make a story out of it, then why do it? And if I can at least do things that are meaningful to me, whether people get it or not, it it means more. Like I said, that was it was a big match for Mr. B for him because he's quite early on in his career. And it was his first like proper feud, but it was even bigger for me without him realizing. Because, like I said, this is the first proper storyline I've had in eleven years, not including being in my home promotion. So, me getting to get a chance to actually show everyone I can tell a story, and I can put my body to stupid places if I need to, is I I, I felt like I had something to prove. I feel like I did it. I feel, I feel like, like I said, social media has been pretty cool this week where it's like posting all the videos and everyone going mental for it. So like I said, without a lot of people realizing it meant so much more to me than a lot of people realized. That's incredible though. That really is incredible. and It's, it's an interesting uh, story because usually you hear people say like, either WWE or WCW, that's what they were brought up on. It's quite rare you hear people say they just most, for the most part, watched ECW. And <laughs> But see, the thing is, ECW had such a cult following mm. because of what it was. Yeah. Their fan base knew what it was and they were fiery passionate for that business. Yeah, yeah. So and yeah. It, it, It's true, yeah. Um, like I say, we were, it was me and my brother, me and my brother always, like I say, we grew up, we we had like Sky One, so we could see like the Saturdays and Sundays where it was like experience and stuff, so that's how I caught WWE, that's how I saw that sort of stuff, but again, it was never a full show, I just sort of get clips of each show, yeah. and but ECW, we were watching full shows, we were watching any DVD, every, any video we could get our hands on, like, so I thought, Pretty sure, especially now with the WWE Network, I think I've seen every CW show. I've watched all of the uh, like the TVs and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I I'm a, a pretty diehard ECW fan. <laughs> that's great. That that's don't hear that very often, especially nowadays. Of course, mm. with generations gone by, you don't hear it very often. Um, I remember when I was. A kid myself, I, did, I used to watch it. I used to watch it. I used to like SmackDown more than Raw. Mm. But SmackDown was on a Friday. Yeah, yeah. Y- you're able to watch it, aren't you? 
Yeah, yeah, you could stay up a little bit later to watch SmackDown then. And SmackDown every now and then had like the full episode on like Sky Warners every now and then where it would be like the odd Saturday morning, it'd be like a full, what, a two hour, a two hour long SmackDown sort of thing. So I remember, yeah, I remember them sort of thing. But Raw was never really on anything other than were it Sky One at the time, something like that. So yeah, I never, uh, not Sky One, Sky Sports One. So I never got to see any of that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, if I didn't catch it, I remember going on the family computer. That's way back when. You're talking <laughs> yeah. about a family computer right there. Yeah, always in like the dining room. That's where it always were. <laughs> I was in my brother's um, bedroom. Nice. Brother's bedroom. <laughs> uh, it was a box. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it was box. heavy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'd go on dodoe.com. Yeah, yeah, I used to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's again. That's how I would catch up with WWE. It was WWE.com, and then experience. <laughs> yeah, remember catching one thing that's stuck with me to, to this day is the Rey Mysterio Randy Orton feud when they had Randy Orton say that awful line about Eddie. Mm. Um, I I remember Ray beating the absolute Jimmy out of Orton, and he drop kicks Orton's head into the ring post. Mm. As a child, I mean, well, you were brought up with ECW. <laughs> <laughs> it's different, but yeah, like, a little bit. <laughs> so as a child, I like just a little like just seeing that happen. That's quite it. Stick little things stick with you, don't they? Mm. Oh yeah, I, even with WWE, I remember like Zach Gowan getting thrown into the ring post with uh, against Brock on the stretch, like all that sort of stuff. I remember even Ray getting thrown when he's led on the stretcher by Brock, like. The early 2000s are like, that's when I sort of, when it was like the um, early Brock and then the fucking SmackDown 6 and all that sort of, that sort of period, I remember more of WWE sort of thing. Um, I don't know, how old are you? I'm 26, going on 27 in... Oh, so I'm 27, so we've got like, yeah, we've got like around about the same period, so all remembers the same sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, um, and then I, I, I didn't. Do you remember WCW being on Channel Five? Did you ever watch any of that? WWE CW. Oh lordy, though. No, no, no. WCW. <laughs> WCW was on Channel WCW. Five for a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never caught WCW. No, I was no. Ne- I never in my life caught it. No. No. So, so me and my brother used to watch that, but it used to be on with Battle Dome beforehand. Okay. Which was bizarre. It was like America's own version of Gladiators, but it had like Terry Crews in it and people like that. But they all had like gimmicks. It was really bizarre and I can't find it anywhere. Like they don't sell DVDs of it or anything, but it was like mad. And there was like a guy who did like voodoo and all sorts of stuff like that. <laughs> that used to be on either before or after WCW. And we used to always watch that. And we used to watch that in my mum's room because it was the only place that, that for some reason, Channel 5 only worked in upstairs it was bizarre <laughs> but yeah we used to watch that as well so we, we'd catch pretty much any sort of wrestling we could and then i went on to more indie stuff mm. like yeah again into czw <laughs> oh god yeah, yeah that's the indie version of ecw pretty much yeah, oh, yeah. The spiritual following <laughs> yeah it was the um. It was this the spooky voodoo guy in, like, early nineties. 
he set that spell on, I think it was Ultimate Warrior. Papa Shango. That's it. Yeah, yeah, Godfather. Guy, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what came to my straight away. Yeah, no, the guy on Battledome, he looked like Papa Shango, but he had like the same sort of set up as Papa Shango, but looked like I Truth. Okay. So if you come in, I can imagine that. He was like I Truth, but danced around like Papa Shango. It was, it was bizarre. But yeah, and then Terry Crews was like, I'm sure he was like a pimp or something. And it was, it was so I, weird. It was not surprised me. Yeah, it was so busy. And of course, he had no shirt on at all times because Terry Crews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a, it was an odd show that. But like, it was like their version of Gladiators before they brought over Gladiators. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> if there was a celebrity that I would love to see come over to WWE or any form of wrestling, it is Terry Crews. Do you yeah. know he put everything into it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it would be hilarious. Yeah. And he, but I think he'd have to tag like with like Titus O'Neil or something like that. Because I feel like they look exactly the same and they just throw people around. <laughs> he'd do oh, the robot while he like barks behind him. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> Three man tag with, uh, with um, Titus O'Neil, Terry Crews, and Shaquille O'Neil. Big Shaq, yeah. Well, Big Shaq's already done uh, wrestling. I mean, he was at <laughs> AEW for, for like Think one so. show. So, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Against like Rey Mysterio and two other luchadors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> I'd be down for that. Uh, anyway, we uh, <laughs> why the tangent there. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I I'm going to say, you haven't talked about Tigers yet, so, you know. <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> it's my podcast. People, if if you're not used to tangents by now, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, it's a, almost every single one. It needs to be done. You've you just got to, it's a conversation, isn't it? That's, that's yeah. what you're going to do. You just start from one point and see where it goes. Yeah, exactly. I do not, I do not go question, answer, question, answer on my podcast. No. Yeah, yeah. It's pure tangents. Um, yeah, that um one thing that that genuinely got me a bloody holy shit moment was that exploding sword on your back. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Did that hurt as bad as it sounded? It burnt more than I expected. So I that <laughs> so I'm not too sure what burnt. I don't know if it was so that I don't know if anyone if people haven't seen it. It's um the little they were like bangers or poppers or whatever they're called. You threw them on the floor and they they snapped. Were they is called snaps? They, yeah, is that what they were? Yeah, yeah. So that was oh, covering okay. the back. Okay. So when he hit it, it exploded. So I don't know what hurt. I don't know if it was them exploding on my back, and or because the the sword like broke at the same time. So I don't know if it was the sword breaking. I'm not sure, but um yeah, it burnt. It definitely burnt. And Mr. B sent me a video of me like doing the like little knee shuffle that I did. And it was like, this is cracked me up every time. I was like, no, that that wasn't me pretending. That genuinely was just a reaction of what happened. And I was like, that burn. And I'm not too sure if I'm slightly on fire. <laughs> but yeah, it was more of a shock. And then because I'd I'd put like a couple of them beforehand on like a ruler and hit my leg with them. And I was like, oh. I didn't feel that. That's fine. But then having 200 and some of them, because I bought two boxes of them, <laughs> was uh, it, it, it hurt a little bit more than two or three. 
I can imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it was a shock. But further, the worst thing in that match is normally the most fucking not surprised. But it was the whip into the ladder. Like, I don't know if you can see. You see that? That yeah. is the whip into the ladder. I'd smashed my arm onto one oh. of the rungs. Um, but yeah, that hurt way more than anything else in the match because I'd had so much adrenaline. Yeah, they, they're not pleasant. I've done a lot of them, like in my old like backyarding days. I once got power bombed onto one, and I thought I'd broke my ribs, but luckily I, I hadn't. But yeah, I, I thought I'd broke my rib on that one because my feet were still in the air, so I was like this position as I was going into the ladder, and like oh. that was my spine. So as I hit it, that was the only thing that stopped me, and it was just onto like one rung. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I thought I'd broke my spine on that one, but <laughs> luckily I haven't. Because touch wood, I've never had an injury. I don't, I don't know how, but <laughs> I, that was Jeff Hardy for the vast majority of his career. And now look never at him. So, hey, yeah. <laughs> can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! Like both yours and Mister B's ladder spots looked grim because you back bodied him onto it, didn't you? Mm. And his lower body hit the top, which then brought the ladder up. So when his yeah. top hit, his upper body hit it, it from boom. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, I bet he'd rather you than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. A lot of ladder spots in general just hurt. You need the like proper like WWE style where it's all flat. But the ones they brought out was like still had like the lips on every rung. So I was like, oh, this is gonna hurt so much. <laughs> what a stupid idea this is. But that was his. That was all his. The whole ladder idea was his. <laughs> and I was like, you sure you want to do that? And he's like, yeah, 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 it'll be fine. I mean, he's not Case himself. <laughs> oh, he is. He's absolute madness. Like I say, half of the stuff I, end, I ended up taking, he was like, no, no, I'll take that. And I'm like, no, no, it's, it's fine. He's like, no, no, it's all right, I'll take it. It's like, <laughs> no. It's, yeah, so we were, we were more arguing about who was taking what <laughs> than the other way around. Yeah. Good. People watching, if you know the Mr. B character and think that's just a, you know, that's his character. A lot of that is him. He's a mental yeah, oh, kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. He genuinely is. Absolutely love the guy. <laughs> he was, I remember, because at the very back, Jenny was filming it. Mm. And I was, I'd just look over so often and see the bumps he was taking. It was just more and more pain. Which, like I say, she knew nothing about it either. <laughs> because I've been through it before where I've done a hardcore match, told her the spots, and she was like, mm, I don't think you should do that. So I was like, I'm just going to not tell her and then take the brunt of her afterwards. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, she was she was all right afterwards. She gave me, <laughs> gave me the death stare as I walked through the curtain. But other than that, <laughs> she was all right with it. As long as I was walking, I think she was happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was um, it was a sight to behold anyway because you crossed that. We didn't cross it. You pushed um, the line of hardcore very, very close to the line of PG. Yeah, like children's show. It was yeah, yeah, very finely done. Uh, I, I personally, I thought it was going to be the main main event. Yeah, me too. But that's, <laughs> that's an argument for a different day. <laughs> <laughs> It shocked me as soon as I heard it being announced. I was like, "Okay," and I understand the I understand why the 
world title be lost. I get it. Yeah. I understand that completely. But it did it did shock me. Yeah, I um Yeah, I think when I found out it sort of put a fire up my ass to be like, all right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna prove you that this should be the main event. And I think I think we kind of were, but we we kind of was we had like the well I'll show you try and follow this sort of thing, which isn't always the nicest thing to do. But sometimes I you've just got to back yourself and be like I could tone this down because I'm only the third match on, or I could do a feud ender properly and let's go balls to the wall and just see what happens, which is I think what we did, and I think we. We proved, yeah, maybe we should have been main event, but I think I, I think we did all right. <laughs> well, I agree. <laughs> Very much, yes, you did. It was a blinder, absolute blinder of a match. And like going into the show was one of, yeah, the main one I was looking forward to. That and yours and Bellatius, because I think Bellatius at the moment is going on an absolute tear. Mm. I think he's... Yeah, I, I like Bellatius a lot. I think I think there's a lot of good things coming for Blatius. He's he's a scary block, but he's uh he's good. He he's got a lot of stuff people haven't seen. Like I said, we saw the the top rope swan song to finish his match, which is absolute madness. Yeah. So I think I think he's got a lot of of a lot of stuff up his sleeves we haven't seen, mm, and I'm excited to see what what he's gonna bring out. Four fifties next. <laughs> Phoenix splash. Absolutely. Six thirties. <laughs> let's get it all out. Get them out there with Ricochet. Go yeah. on. Yeah. Will Osprey who? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I am I'm a very I'm a very big fan. Um when when I first heard him speak, I was like, oh no, 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 no. Purely because, and there's one reason for this, when there's a giant monster Less is more, mm. but he can talk and it doesn't diminish his character. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like, it's quite a rare thing with big giant monsters like that because I usually like say early Kane, for example, mute didn't speak. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't know what was what he was thinking, what was going on, what was happening, and um, mm. it it worked. Mm. So, but with Latis, I believe actually. Um, I think with the East, I think if I'm not mistaken, he's got a drama background as well, so that yeah. helps. Mm. But yeah, he's he's got a future. He's, he's definitely. Oh got yeah, a yeah. Like I say, I, I think he, I think he's only scratching the surface of what what he's going to do. I'm excited to see the next year or so what what happens. So I think it'll be fun. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think the entire show was one of the best. I've mm. seen in a long time. Yeah. I, I'm confident to say that. In fact, I messaged, I'm going to say Mr. B. <laughs> yeah. I did. I messaged him saying exactly that. I think that for a very long time, I think that's one of your best. Mm. Yeah. I think, I think they're taking it in a good little direction and it's, it's not too much anymore. A lot of, sometimes some of the shows were running way into the night and things like that. So I think that helps them. With yeah. them getting shorter and it's it's focusing on six matches, seven matches, and not eight, nine, ten. You know what mm. I mean? Where it's just especially for a, a crowd like that, they don't need too much. Like you said, less is more. 
And I think that's going to be a good thing for them coming forward. They can focus on two storylines, something like that, and it be important instead of everyone's in a storyline and everyone's got something going on. Focus on your champions, focus on your stories. And I think the, the shows are just going to get better now. I really do think that. I think they've, they've got their head screwed on now and they've had a bit of a reset and the it's good. I mean, I'm excited to see where they go because they're, they're working hard backstage doing different things and everyone's working together. So it's it's a good good group that of guys and girls who so everyone's excited and everyone's looking forward to doing shows. So I'm excited for them. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Genuinely couldn't agree more. You've got the Monday Night Mutinies as well, mm-hmm. which as of recording, there is one on the weekend. Yeah, um, yeah, there is, yeah. And yours truly is an interviewer for Monday Night Mutiny. That is very fun. Um, but yeah, like the even them, even mutinies, there's a change, there's, there's tweaks and changes to the mutinies as well. Yeah. And it feels, it feels controlled. It feels like uh, uh, the, the shows of, you're right, they've been condensed, but they've been controlled. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's but, more black like, say, We got. 15 minutes for our match before if it was 10 10 matches you'd get 10 minutes you you can't you can't tell a story with that sort of time and if it's something important like us or the Ronaldo story that's going on or even Joey Danny and um synergy like they need time to tell these stories, the girls need time to tell their stories, the tags need everyone's got their own especially, I think that's why that show was good because everyone had a different story to tell, there was synergy with the tags, tag titles and the veterans going against each other, their story there was uh, Jenny and Harley Hudson, they had their story there was the hardcore match that had a story six man tag that had a story everyone, but even like the six man tag had little stories in between it so it was the the long rivalry with uh, with Shining Wizard and the worst. And then there was the love-hate relationship <laughs> with it. You know what I mean? So it's <laughs> everyone's got their own thing. So that's a a good a good mix where there's a stories stories are going on, but it's not too overpowering. It's not everyone's getting time to do their things. So I, I think it's I think I'm excited for it. There's they're also not doing as many shows now, which mm. I think that sort of was a bit too much at sometimes. They were doing shows every month, which is great for us, but sometimes I think it can be too much where you've, you've got to think of so much, it becomes overpowering. So I think I think they're on the right track at the moment. I'm excited for them and how they're going to progress for the next next year for 2022, uh, 2023. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good year for him, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think you need to let things breathe. Mm. I think you just need to let things breathe, and more, as you say, more shows better for you, of course. But yeah. the quality might not be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Let it breathe a little bit. You can, in your mind, you can focus on what is actually best for each show. Yeah, each yeah, yeah, absolutely. Each person. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I, I completely agree. I think 
it does seem to be on a very, very good trajectory right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, where did your... Because I first time I saw it was Mutiny when you were good before Jenny turned you bad. And I'm <laughs> yeah. Still not happy about that. <laughs> where did your jump into the ropes come from? Because the first time you did that Mutiny, you terrified my mum. <laughs> so, again, <laughs> that is also an ought to deathmatch wrestling. That is Alex Cologne. Alex Cologne is my favourite deathmatch wrestler. And um, he does that. So on his entrance, he comes in, he jumps on. He does it a little bit safer than me. He doesn't leave his feet. But um, I wanted to make it a little bit different. Mm. But I knew I could catch myself sort of thing because I love Lucha-style wrestling. I love Lucha. I love deathmatch wrestling. So um, I, I became very comfortable with the ropes. So that sort of stuff, I know... I know what I can do and all limitations sort of thing. So yeah, that's where that came from. It was uh, stealing something from Alex Cologne and watching him dive onto the ropes. So then I, yeah, I started doing it that way. <laughs> it's good. It sets you apart mm. as well because you don't see that kind of thing on an end. No, no. That's again, I saw him do it uh, again. Most of my moveset is different. So when I was watching deathmatch wrestling, it was transitioning from, big fat guys hitting each other with weapons and stabbing each other in the head and it being all right. But, and then there was this like new crop of talent where it was like the Danny Havocs, the Scotty Vortexes, the, all these people was like wrestlers that started, started from wrestling and then went into deathmatch wrestling. So then it became how creative can we get with these weapons and then tell a story of wrestling so when they started doing that, people still weren't watching it. So then I was like, pick. so my movesets, a lot of my stuff is from 2005 onwards, deathmatch wrestlings. So 2005, 2010 era of like Scotty Vortexes and people like that. I still have a lot, a lot of their moves and stuff because people didn't, didn't watch that style. So I, I've took that. So a lot of my stuff is... Deathmatch wrestling without people realizing it's deathmatch wrestling. Like even um, my drop kick through the ropes, that's a deathmatch wrestling spot where it was uh, Alex Cologne. And a lot of people, a lot, so a lot of different things. The Code Red is amazing. Red, again, he made his name through CZW, is when I first saw him before he went to TNA and ROH. He was CZW first and with the Spanish announce team. So yeah, that's how, so a lot of my moveset is is again deathmatch wrestling. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um I would admit I've said it before. I think I've said it before on this podcast. I've been going for about two years, I don't know. Um, I'm not a massive deathmatch guy, personally. Yeah. It's a very um it's a, it's it's like Marmite, you you do love it mm. or I hate yeah, it. Absolutely, in the yeah. wrestling community. Um I did see one for the first time live last year. Not not the extreme fears just gone, the one last year. Mm. And it is it it's something to behold actually being the live You get an adrenaline rush, don't you? You you get an adrenaline rush being there because you're like you don't know what's what's gonna mm. happen. Yeah, it, uh, you're it, yards away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, we were still at the bar. And partway through this match, it hit me up here. It hit me. I was like, 
and so we I'm watching the match this way, the bars there. I'm just like You've never seen this type of wrestling, have you? <laughs> yeah. This is your first time watching this. You're wondering what the fuck's going on, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Who was in that death match? Oh, don't put me on the spot. Um, was, it, was it the one with Clint and Tyler Devlin? Not Tyler Devlin, but it was Clint Majera. Yeah. Can't remember who it was. It's Clint Majera and someone Big Joe? Else. Big Joe, maybe? No. Um... Oh, it could. It might have been Nathan Cruz. Right. Okay. I think it might have been Nathan Cruz because I remember. Um. Oh, I shouldn't say this on. Well, his his Twitter is. Does have his name. I remember Clash, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's the end of the night. Bit of you know. <laughs> bit yeah. of that. End of the night. <laughs> um. I remember Clash shouting, you've got a shit name. <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked over and absolutely just burst out laughing. Because um, I didn't, I had a few, but I wasn't drunk. Yeah. Was watching, <laughs> watching all these wrestlers that I paid to see just absolutely wasted. Yeah, yeah. Just having the best time was absolutely glorious. Mm. <laughs> But you're right, you do get that rush watching a deathmatch live. So it oh, is yeah, yeah. different. But in my in my mind, and um, of course it should be in everybody's, but story comes first mm. in wrestling. It's just how you get there. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, I'm not a massive deathmatch guy. Mm. I think it can be a bit much. Or it's yeah. just... If you tell a good story within the match, then go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, like I say, even some death matches I can watch me like this is absolute piss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like I say, some of the best death matching isn't always the bloodiest, isn't always, but like I say, if they tell a good story, yeah. it's like I say, again, one of my favorites is um, Scotty Vortex versus Alex Cologne. And it's one of the very early GCWs. And it's actually in what where they used to have was their training school. So they didn't have it for very long, but they used to do a couple of shows in there just in a unit. It was one of the best matches. It wasn't very bloody. It wasn't very... They had tubes, but they didn't use a lot. But it was all really creative. And it was like they were doing really clever spots where it was like, that was interesting more than, oh, he's just stabbed him. That was the problem with... Deathmatch wrestling at the start had such a bad rep because it was insane lane and people like that who are still going now, but some of these big fat guys who could hardly walk and they're just hit, well, yeah, and they're just hitting each other for no reason. And it's just like, who could hit each other the longest? So if once that crop of guys left, it was so much different. People like Thumbtack Jack from Germany came over and one of one of my favorite matches as well is him versus Drake Younger. Again, it's in one of uh, WXW's. I think it was their training school at the time, and it was a saw death match. So not the weapon saw. They did the movie saw, and they went through different stages of the saw movie. So they used syringes because of the scene where oh. she fell in syringes. Oh. They used razor blades and stuff like that, but. 
It sounds gory, and it was, but it was really clever because of his gimmick was he was like Saw's character. Mm-hmm. That was what Thumbtack Jack's gimmick was. So when he, like, him and Drake had this really long feud in in Germany, and it translated over to CZW as well. So this was sort of like their feud ender was this big Saw death match, and it's really, really clever. And they were like, they were one of the first people outside of Japan to use razor blades. And they were again, one of the few people to use syringes before it happened all the time. And it was like, so that's a really clever match. It's on one of his best of DVDs and stuff like that. But like I say, it's just in a weird little unit in Germany where there's about 40 people that are watching it and they're absolutely killing each other. And it's absolutely madness. But again, it's another good story. And that's, that's what I've always enjoyed. As cool as the banging and smashing is, yeah. the story is more important. If you get me. It, I Hold on, I'm gonna have to just sort my cat out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I don't want to like, I don't want to sound like I'm just pointing deathmatch wrestling out. It goes for any type of wrestling. It could mm. just be a random singles match. Story does oh, over anything, yeah, because that's what everyone's there for. Mm-hmm. The story, right? Ray Mysterio versus Big Show, a big guy versus small, like it writes itself. Yeah, well, it, it, it is down to the story. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, absolutely. Like, so well and good doing cool moves and stuff, but if it's just move, feed up, move. Feed up, it gets fucking boring pretty quick. But if you can tell, like, I don't know if you were you at the Bolton show, um, where it was me and Jenny versus Jack Roberts and Helena. Were you at that one? I have that. I have a question about that written down. Yes, I was <laughs> right. So, like I say, we probably all four of us together probably bumped ten times. All four of us, <laughs> you know what I mean? But we had the crowd up and they were kicking off. And exactly, because it's crowd work and it's telling a story. Sometimes you don't need to, like I say, I could go out there and land on my head 40 times for absolutely no reason and get a ooh. Or I can stand in the middle of the ring and shout at some kids and get them all to kick off with me. And not have to bump at all. Yeah. To me, I think that's a better idea than, than being sore in the morning because I've landed on my head so many times. <laughs> to, that's the thing. You don't need to do so many over the top bumps that could shorten your career. Mm. You, I, it, you don't, in my eyes. Sometimes a match calls for like a massive spot. Yeah. Time and a place. Time and a place for everything. Yeah. Like I say, same same with the hardcore match that we did. We could have gone out there, ate each other with a couple of chairs and done it, but that needed to be bigger. There needed to be more in that. But like I say, if it was just me and Mr. B wrestling each other, we'd have told a completely different story where we maybe we didn't need to bump. We'd have focused more on his comedy and making me look silly and things like that because that's what the, that story needed. Yeah. So it's it's all 
like I say, it all depends on the situation. If you're at a, again, if you're at a show that they do just want to see moves and they want to go, ooh, ah, then cool. That's what you do. But especially at LWF, BTW, TWA, they they are not shows that you have to go out and kill yourself every single night. It's just uh, not needed. If you can do it without doing that, then and you can still tell a good story, then why not? Why not do that? As long as you've got that fan engagement. That's it. There you go. They, they're the ones that paid to see it. It's the yeah. point of me enjoying it and popping the boys in the back because I've landed on my head six times. But half the kids are all mumbling between between themselves. Dad's gone for a pint at back. Yeah. There's, there's no point in it. Yeah, <laughs> I, want, I, I want the dad to try and fight me. I want a dad to try and fight me because I've shouted at his kid, which has happened Not all surprised. the time. Because that's what that's that's the whole idea. That's, that's that's what I'm getting paid to do is to make sure every single one of them people have felt included and felt like something's happened and it's been enjoyable to watch. Sometimes, like you probably don't even know, I can do four fifties. My old finish used to be a Spanish fly. Oh, yeah. I've I can still do all that. I choose not to because I don't need to. Plus, if you, well, you play heel vast majority of the time, mm. the baby face is going to be the one to bust out those big moves. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be the one cutting them off. So you yeah. don't really need to do yeah. that. I say it's if you all that you want to one up sense. him, then yeah. yeah. But exactly. If the story calls for that. Yeah, I say it's all, all, it's all down to story. That's that's always been my psychology. Anyway, well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't always my psychology. Again, me going from so, I was, I wasn't technically a backyarder because I never wrestled on grass. My brother did, and all his mates. What I did, what we called, was underground wrestling. So we had, we were lucky enough to have a wrestling ring, and it was in a unit in Blackburn, and. That's how I started was underground wrestling. We still weren't trained and stuff, but I was still doing, like I say, I watched some of my old stuff back and it's literally just like, move, get up, fight to the corner, go to the top rope, top rope powerbomb, one, two, kick out, move. And it's like, it makes absolutely no sense. So I have done that sort of stuff and I, I, I know I'm very capable of doing them sort of stuff, but... If it's if it's not needed, yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, completely agree. Yeah. As you said before, time and place. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I, you enjoy as I've seen quite a lot myself being in the crowd. You love hecking in the crowd, especially yeah. with you and Jenny at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. It's is it is is that one of the one of your how do I put this? Do you enjoy is that one of the things you enjoy more? Like getting the crowd wound up? Yeah, it's again, if I'm getting a reaction from the crowd, then I've done my job right. Especially yeah. if I'm a bad guy. Even if I'm a good guy, if I'm a good guy and I'm getting them to cheer me on and want me to win, I'm doing my job right. Yeah. And there you are. So I know if I'm going to shout at some kid, he's going to shout back at me. And then his mum's going to shout at me because I've shouted at him. And then the dad's going to get involved. 
And then I'll ignore that kid and I'll go to another kid over there. But that kid's still mad. So then that side's getting mad. So it's that's the best way. Like the first time I was at LWF, I give you abuse about your podcast <laughs> because yeah. I knew <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I knew who you were and I knew it'd get a reaction, whether it you made you laugh or you shouted back at me. So things like that are so helpful. So I've still had you on this one, bastard. <laughs> no, yeah. but yeah it's it's all about crowd reaction they're the ones that paid the money to see us so if they're not having a good time because I'm focusing on the guy I'm against and we're just wrestling and like I say doing moves and doing the story that we want it's not about the story we want it's about the story the crowd wants so whether we've planned something three days in advance because that's set in our head that this is the story we want. If that's not the story that crowd wants, then what's the point in doing it? Because they're not going to, they're not going to enjoy it. Like I say, if I plan a match for progress, but I do it at LWF, they're two different crowds. Yeah. So it's it's not gonna it's not gonna pay off. But probably me doing an LWF style match at progress isn't going to work either. So you've got to know your crowds. You've got to know who, who you're performing in front of. And the, the quicker you learn that, the better your life is because you'll have way more fun doing it. <laughs> Very true. That's actually a really, really good piece of advice. It, there, yeah. That's it. You've got to just know your crowd and you'll have fun. Like I say, you don't need to do a million moves and all these dangerous stuff in front of, kid-friendly crowds. They just want to shout and cheer. One of the best things that ever happened to me was working on the camps because I learned a completely different side of, like say, doing two bumps in a match but still managing to go 15 minutes. It's a completely different art to doing 15 minutes and dropping on my head a million times. But once you learn that art, it's so satisfying. It's so satisfying knowing I can have the, like you said, the crowd in the palm of my hand and not having to do too much and them enjoying it just as much. Like I say, it's, it's so important. It's so important to have that crowd reaction and having fun with the crowd. Because if you're giving them abuse, they feel involved. Yeah. We're all having fun because that's the whole main point. And if I'm not having fun and they're not having fun, then what's the point? <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I said to him the other day, like, mostly with heels, more so with heels, mm. but it is also it is also majorly important with the baby face as well. But um, I said to him that they feed to the crowd for us to then feed back. Yeah. Like if they're not feeding to the crowd, it's difficult. Yeah. For the crowd to get involved and then there's a bit of a disconnect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But like I say, even as a face, I try and do that. If you if on my entrances, I just have a conversation with people. Yeah. Just because <laughs> again, I'm I'm now comfortable in my own skin to do that sort of stuff. Mm. Which is a very once when people are starting out, they're all so focused on what they've got to do in the ring, they forget the little bits. And the little bits are what are so important about wrestling. So me just 
coming out. I'll high five you. Hey, mate, you all right? We all having a good time. How are we doing? Because, again, they're like, oh, that guy asked if I'm having a good time. That was funny, weren't it? People haven't done that yet. It's a bit fun, isn't it? It's just... <laughs> I, I mean, I will take wrestling very, very serious when I'm in them ropes and the guy's coming at me. But if I can beforehand interact with a couple of people and look like I'm having a great good time, then they have a good time because it's easy to... If they can tell someone's enjoying something, they enjoy it. And again, I think a lot of people who are so set on, I need to do this bit of stuff in the match don't look like they're enjoying themselves and don't look like they're having fun once everyone starts relaxing and enjoying what they're doing everyone has more fun the reactions of the crowd is so much better because they're not so set on what happens if something goes wrong in a match something goes wrong you don't know exactly exactly i I hate fans that pointed out like relentlessly pointed out yeah something went wrong so what yeah, move on, we're, have a laugh. We're human, too. Well, we're human. Something goes wrong. As long as you've got to the, the end of the match and you're both safe. Yeah. Like I said, that happened on one of the mutinies. I think it was the first one with uh, Stephen Cross. I'd slipped on the rope really early on in one of the spots. And I just said it. Right? Slipped on ropes. Yeah. Everyone laughed. Because you can get away with that sort of stuff, especially in a crowd like that. We're because in it's on the funny. joke now, aren't we? Yeah. We're everyone's, yeah so. everyone's included. Everyone's having a laugh. You're having a laugh. I'm having a laugh. The the thing we were planning still made sense. <laughs> so it's all about having fun. And um, if, if you're not enjoying it, then what's the point? <laughs> I got a question actually. This is off the cuff. Um, because I I've got a I've personally got an opinion on it, but um mm-hmm. again, to each their own. I adult shows, 18 plus shows. Mm-hmm. You never see that, but hope I have seen it actually, but I don't like seeing it at PG shows. Swearing. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad you asked me this. I'm so right. Okay, go go on. <laughs> 18 plus shows. Swearing. What's your take? Because I feel like with a lot of people, there's an overuse of it, and people can rely on it like a crutch. There's no need for swearing in wrestling. Full stop. Whether it's 18 or not, the reason for an 18 plus show is the um, is the stories can be grittier. The you can get, like I say, you, your hardcore can get a little bit more hardcore, and you can swear when swearing's needed. I've been to shows. Can you swear on this show? Are you fine with swearing on this show? So I'm if not you're doing it, yet, so yeah. <laughs> If you're doing it and every kick is fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, or oh, fuck you. Why does what what if you Yeah, it doesn't matter. So if you maybe if one ma- every match is scheduled for one swear a match, then it will make more sense and it'll make it it'll make the swear word matter. If you watch it and like like I say, AEW was all right for this at the start, where they, they let them say bitch like once in a promo, and everyone goes, ooh, because they weren't used to hearing it. And then when someone actually drops it, it goes, whoa, wasn't expecting that. Whether it's an 18-plus show or not, it's it's not needed. Like I say, some people, especially if 
I won't say the company, but they were. They, I'm, I used to go to a company and watch it, and they was normally PG, and then every now and then they'd do an over 18 show. Cool. But because the wrestlers were so used to doing PG, and then they were finally allowed to do over 18s, they would just think, right, let's swear as much as possible. Let's do as much. But then everyone would just sort of like, hmm. It's you kind of about the story being told, then, don't you? Yeah, it's like they focus on so much that, oh, I get to swear now. They forget everything else. Yeah. But like I say, again, you can still make swearing part of your story. You can still make it mean something. If you just do one, oh, we're back and forth, we're back and forth, we're back and forth. Fuck you, Bosh. Yeah. He drops. Then they're all like, whoa, Mm. where where did that come from? That was a little bit extra energy they give, giving that, you know what I mean? It was a bit more forced, that one shot. But again, if every shot's fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, no fuck you, no fuck you. There you go. Oh. Become, he's dead then. Oh, he's back. Hello. That was off. <laughs> was that me? Did I do something? I think Zoom got sick of the fuck you, so it's just done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, if you if you're doing that every single match, every single it there's no need for it, it's boring. So yeah, I'm I tell this anyone, if I ever go to an over 18 show. Um, it's it's not needed. But like I say, you can tell who's used to doing an over eighteen show and who's the first or second over eighteen show because they'll be like, um, again, every other word will be a swear word. And then when you start getting used to doing over eighteen show, it's like, oh, it's a bit boring swearing now. So they'll they'll slowly start working it out of them, which is is good because it's, it's not needed. It's it's not. And like I say, it means nothing by the end of it. For example, I've got actually got an example here. It happened at the most recent Raw. Mm. Don't know if you've seen it. It was a mm. promo between Eosky and Asuka. Yeah. And they both started just going at each other in Japanese. And on a Western show in WWE, and they're going at each other in Japanese, they had subtitles underneath, which I think was brilliant. It was hilarious. Yeah. But if they didn't, they could say anything. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. You can see anything at all. So they're going off and, and off and off and off. And then Asuka kept saying, at the end of it, Asuka kept saying, baka, 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 which means stupid, I believe. Yeah. She kept calling her stupid, baka, 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 over and over. And then Eo just goes, bitch. That works. Exactly. That works. That's hilarious because the one English word Called her a bitch, and, and everyone's then, like, "Ooh!" Everyone's shocked. It's then they come to it can escalate. They can attack each other. Exactly, that works. Yeah, and I yeah. think that was a beautiful promo because it, it reminded me back of back to when Asuka in NXT started talking Japanese to uh, Nia Jax, mm. and Nia sold it like a champ. She's like, "Holy shit! What the f- what the hell's going on there?" Yeah, yeah. You don't know, do you? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, visceral. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I think a lot of so um at promo class, uh, with the legendary Chris Brooker, Mm -hmm. love the man. Um, certain ones he says, okay, we're we're out for your shot. We are PG. Try and keep that out. Other ones, free reign. Do or say what you want. I still try not to. Yeah. Because I just don't, I don't know. But when people say, and it's the same old argument, 
oh, PG could do do we? No, bad booking could do do we? Yeah, PG didn't. Just because they can't drop an F bomb doesn't mean that they, that means absolutely jack shit to the storyline at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nothing. If you, in my eyes, if you have to rely on swearing to get a story over, maybe you know reevaluate yeah. the story. Absolutely. And if you actually watch, here's a hot take: the Attitude Era was shit. Actually, watch Attitude Era Rose. No match has a, has a finish. There's always a run-in. There's always a DQ. There's always a count-out. There's always 12 people coming in. It's, it's crap. It's absolute shit. Because nothing actually happens in the shows. But because it's the moments. pay-per-views were good, that's what everyone remembers. The pay-per-views were banging. Yeah, but the actual roles were The bill was... Yeah. So everyone, everyone loves the attitude here so much, but it wasn't actually that good if you actually go back and watch it. Nostalgia sells. It, absolutely. And that's, and, and that's it why is. if you talk to anyone, you talk to like some of the younger generation now, they don't think the attitude here is good, but they'll prefer watching like whatever was after that. You know what I mean? The, the like the the, the 2000s. The sort of, they were, yeah, they got those. They got the... The ruthless aggression era, they got theirs. To me, the ruthless aggression era is the best because that's that was the mix of fun storylines and actual wrestlers and actual wrestling. Because, it like was, I say, in my eyes, I think it was the dawn it, that the ruthless aggression era they started to focus more on actual in ring wrestling because, yeah, they, don't get me wrong. After the era had some great wrestlers, don't get me wrong, they did. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you have Mae Young giving birth to a hand. You have draws puking all the time. You know what I mean? Naked Midian. Naked Midian. <laughs> you had terrible storylines. Yeah, yeah. My gimmick-wise, my favorite Undertaker is Ministry. Mm. That was bonkers batshit. Yeah, yeah. It implied marriage and impregnation of Steph McMahon. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It was batshit. Yeah. But that that was that's my favorite um gimmick of the Undertaker. Mm. My favorite in ring of the Undertaker is around Mania 25 era. Mm. That that about four or five years was yeah, yeah. just going bang after bang after banger. Um to quote Seamus and all them. Banger after banger, yeah. Um, <laughs> It's true, but the attitude even was mental. It, yeah. it was just that shit. But then you go, I mean, don't get me wrong, Rufus Aggression era also had Kurt Angle wanting to have uh what was it? What what was it? Oh, with Booker T's wife. Oh damn. The beast beast reality sex with Booker T's wife. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was there was still <laughs> There were still bad things in there, but like I say, there was there was actually finishes to matches and things mm. like that. Which, like I say, if you can't if you're doing it every single show and every single match, it's boring if nothing's actually finishing. Like some of the matches that was actually we had like SA Rios versus Taka. That match is insane, but they get two minutes and it doesn't end with a, it ends in a DQ. Then who who gets the joy out of that? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right. like Genuinely, because I uh, I I've not done it in a while. I've not done it in a while actually. I'd like to, but I have like a fantasy booking sort of 
sort of you you build a card. It's mm-hmm. indies versus whatever you want. Say okay. indies versus mainly a twenty five card. Yeah. yeah. Uh, indies versus attitude era, which is the one I'm going to talk about. <clears throat> I put SAV us in, and mm-hmm. people were asking why. It's like SAV us really. He was fucking sick. Insane. He, he was, was insane. So he just wasn't given the chance. If he'd have gone to WCW at that time, he'd have probably done better because he was. He, he would have got to shine, but even still, they got <clears throat> they got the time and they got to actually show what they could do. But they, they were never going to. Yeah, they were way. never going to do anything in WCW because they were just there to fill a spot. Yeah. But they they at least got to show what they could do over there. But sadly, he was in the different company and it didn't work. But his actual wrestling was insane. And mm. he, he was still good. I don't know if he's still going now. I feel like I've seen him in the last couple of years and he's still just as good. I and agree. it's like, loads of them are the same. I I don't know. It's the same with like people like Tacker. Again, if you watch Tacker's run in uh, ECW, he was a completely different person. He was insane. He was so good because he got time to actually wrestle. Same with Super Crazy and Psychosis and all them lot who got to do their ECW run. Tajiri. Tajiri. Oh, oh. Yoshihiro Tajiri in ECW was insane. was a different animal. Mm. Yeah. Like, Mysterio and Psychosis, you could just stick them in the ring anywhere. doesn't matter. Yep. In front of 10 people or a million people. The reaction would still be the do same. a le- Psychosis would still do a leg drop from the top to the outside onto the floor for absolutely no reason and miss because why not? Because it was an absolute nut job. Some of the bumps he used to take for literally no reason. You'd be like, why have you done that? How can you even walk? But yeah, the man was mental. And then you get you get them all tag teamed together in WWE, riding lawnmowers. Yeah. And very such a weird pushing. Pushing that line up. No, no, it's like no, it's not pushing that line. It is. No, it's it's racism. just racist. It's pure racism. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it is. Pure racism. How would it put this such a they're a billion dollar company? It's a gimmick, so it's okay. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's just not. Yeah. You have three of the most talented people. At that point, they were doing WWE CW. Yeah. And you had those three on SmackDown not doing a thing. Stick them on WWE CW. You know, yeah, but then they'd have to wrestle easy. like the zombie or the fat naked oily guy. <laughs> Very true, yeah. Very true. But if you want to like, revive ECW, let let the guys who can actually wrestle do it. That's why one night cruiserweights. Yeah, cruiserweights. That's why one one night stand was one of the best shows ever <laughs> because they just let the guys do their thing. They they let Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome kill each other for fifteen minutes. And just let them do it because that was ECW. If you micromanage not... every little thing, you're not going to get a good, good quality shot. Yeah. You're not. If you, if you micromanage every little thing, that's why I think Drew is changing for the better now because I don't think Triple H is micromanaging every single thing they do. He's mm-hmm. letting them. At, I don't know what it's like. I'd love to be flying the wall. <laughs> yeah. We know I would. But I don't know what it's like backstage with Drew Dewey. But it does look like now. He's giving them a basis on what like we need to go from here to here. This is what we need to do. Go. Yeah. And they have. Again, it gives the wrestlers them. more fun and gives them time to think. Again, none of them can cut a promo. 
and then they get because they've all got scripts to read. But you can't you can't be passionate about someone else's writing. If if Austin had a promo written out for him, he wouldn't be the biggest star ever. Because all his promos were him. Yeah. It was him coming from his heart talking to the boss, the man who's keeping him down. Yeah. And back if, then. If a guy if a yeah. writer who's normally writing a comedy show has then been signed to write promos for WWE. If they're telling Steve Austin, this is what it's like to be a redneck from Texas drinking beer, but he's from Chicago and he's got no idea. It doesn't work. That's, you know what I mean? So it's like that's one why... man gang, one man gang yeah. turning into, um, Oh, um, oh, oh. what's it? What was it? It turned into the African dream. Yeah, he's an American, a white American from like Boston or something. I don't know, but he was a solid mid carder who had, a, as the one man gang, a decent mid card yeah, career. Yeah. He did yeah. actually have a decent mid card career. Yeah, and then he turned African. Yeah, yeah. Just what? Just, well, yeah. Just sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Just do this. <laughs> Do the dance, do the little wiggles, yeah. yeah. Just do it, yeah. Great, 